comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fear the Walking Dead podcast, episode 238. This is Russ, and joining with me tonight is Rich. Hey, fellas and ladies and undead. Yes. Uh, I think Jim will be joining us later. Uh, So we had a few weird scheduling things this week uh, that kind of pushed stuff out. Um, So uh, it may be just Rich and I for the majority of it uh, with Mr. Dietz uh, coming in hopefully soon, which I think he will be. Um, But we figured we'd go ahead and and get rolling here since we're delayed uh, as it is. Um, uh, Hopefully... Moving forward, we'll be back to our normal Monday grind, but, uh, you know, life gets in the way. Sometimes it'll be uh, yeah. a little later sometimes. We're just giving the listeners the false reality that we have lives is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them on our toes. Right, right, yeah. Maybe you'll get it Tuesday morning. Maybe it'll be Thursday morning. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. One of the things that I've been wanting to talk about and I keep forgetting, even though I had it written in my notes for the last two or three weeks and just never brought it up. But I don't know if you've noticed, but when when the episode starts and it's like previously on The Walking Dead or whatever, the you know, the guy's voice changed because the guy I don't know if you got we we talked about it on the show, uh, but the guy for AMC that always did the the interstitial stuff, you know, the previously on or, or right. he passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even catch that it was a different voice. It is, yes. yeah. He And he passed away, I want to say, almost a year ago. And I th- I guess because they had enough of them in the can or, you know, typically it's the same, um, it's the same, you know, narration or whatever. And they just. Because right, they, they don't do a like next week on The Walking Dead and then do a tagline. It's just so, yeah, they could just. Yeah, it's, use not, that. it's not Waylon Jennings style like on Dukes of Hazard, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, that's a shame. Was yeah. he was he older or was it? I, I don't know. I I, I don't uh. know to be honest with you. I don't think he was. It, I I'll look it up maybe for next week. But I don't think he was that old. Like I don't think he was like seventy or eighty. I think he was in his fifties or early sixties or something. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it was kind of a shame. But yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I remember them saying something about it, and I can't remember when. And uh, you're talking about, I'm thinking that I had heard this before, but I, I'm not sure, but I didn't even recognize that the voice has changed. Is it, I mean, cause you know, a lot of these announcer guys, they kind of all sound the same at certain yeah. points. He did have a little bit of a distinct sound to him. As yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and the person they found to do it sounds similar. So, so yeah, so that's kind of, kind of a bummer. Um, but but yeah, I think la- I think a couple weeks ago was the first. Maybe I think when they came back from this mid season break is the first time I noticed that that they they did the change. Hmm. Um, I'll have to listen for it next week. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I, it, like I said, uh, it's, it's something I've, I've been wanting to acknowledge, and I, I just keep forgetting yeah, to bring it up. No, because I didn't, I didn't realize. But um, you know, and along those lines, though, they have been doing really great. We've talked about it before this season um, with the way they're doing the the opening with the you know just a nice scenic uh, shot that, and there's just little things in it that hint to the episode and you just watching these as the season's gone on it's been really cool and this week i really liked it i mean i really dug it It, i thought that they did a really nice job with it so yeah it's kind of silly but i really i'm with you i really dig it and it just seems like kind of a funny thing to go on about every week because it's just a you know it's just like an opening image or whatever but it's just a cool it's a cool touch that they you know to add to to the episode to kind of give it a little flavor, give you a little tease of, of kind of what's going on. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it's just one of those things I really enjoy. Uh, I look forward to every week to see, okay, what's this week's image going to be? Um, so it's, it's I, I kind of cool. like to see them change it up on the parent show too. I mean, I love yeah. the, the theme that, that um, Bear McCreary came up with, but you know, maybe still they could use the theme, but do something different. Cause it's kind of, I mean, there's been different shots and stuff, but it's for the most part been the same thing for eight years. Yeah. I mean, the most we get is like when a new cast member reaches status of opening credits, you know, level, then right. what their image gets incorporated in, you know, in the montage or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I like to spruce it up. Um, I like it when the opening credits change. Cause I mean, it gives you a reason to, to actually want right. to watch them. Uh, that was one of my favorite things about fringe. Cause depending on which yes. universe you were in, it had different openings yeah. and even whether it was, you know, different universe or not, there would always be different little clues and things going on in it. Yep. I mean, I, I used to sit and rewind and watch the opening credits like many times in a row just to look for things and then watch the episode to see where all, things hidden in there were from. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I get a kick out of that. That's one of the things with, you know, them expanding how much commercial time things need on television now. And it's shrunk down the ability to have good theme songs and opening credits and all of that stuff. Yeah, I find it to be kind of a shame because that's some of the stuff. I mean, go back to the heyday of theme songs, in my opinion, was, you know, the 80s. I mean, there oh, was sure. so great you know, and you just don't have that anymore. And it kind of started, in my opinion, or in my memory, started with Lost. You know, just that yes, and that's it. You know, and then from there, it just kind of other shows started um, either shortening it or just not really having anything at all. But, you get you know, it on the on the Netflix shows and the Amazon stuff because again, they yeah. they don't have to worry about commercial breaks. They don't have to worry. You know, an episode could be fifty minutes, forty two minutes, an hour and three minutes. Like it doesn't matter. Like they can. They they can do what they want. So especially, I know we're getting a little off topic, but I I think this will be a fairly breezy episode. But but like the Marvel Netflix stuff, I think some of those credits are really uh, well, like the Daredevil ones. Um, the Daredevil ones are my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who the art artist effects person that it's, does those, it's but a, they did a magnificent job. We actually interviewed them. It's from uh. It it's from oh man the studio that does it is called it's oh, it's not liquid it's um oh I have to look it up but but yeah we actually did an interview with the with the guys that came up the credits because that because that Daredevil credit was nominated for uh for an Emmy so mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Iron Fist uh, I, one is cool too, just the way it kind of flows, like like it's like a paintbrush that that's being done. And um, I'm behind on those. I still need to finish the second season of Jessica Jones. I have not watched the second season of Luke Cage yet. And then I think didn't this week Iron Fist season two drop? Yeah. So, so. I was not impressed with Jessica Jones season two overall. Uh, Luke Cage season two was like a different show. Um, in a good way? In, in, a, way. in a tremendously good way. Okay. Uh, and then Iron Fist Season 2, again, like they fixed, I think, the stuff that was wrong with Season... It, it took it from being like the worst show of the Marvel Netflix to being a top contender. Uh, good. And the last five... I won't spoil anything, but the last five minutes of the final episode of Season 2 is unbelievable. Like, it just does something that just makes your uh, makes your head spin. So, anyway... Cool. All right. So back to The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Tune into It's All Connected, and we'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about Iron Fist season two here pretty quick. Um, yes, I'm behind on all kinds of binging because I'm re- I still I want to watch the Jack Ryan stuff. Um, yeah. I just finally finished season two of Glow. You know, so yeah, we live in a wondrous time with great binging shows. Yes, an abundance of riches. Yep. Um, well, this episode starts with June and company. They're looking for Quinn. Little little do they know they will not find poor Quinn. Uh, but you know June is committed to uh, to to wanting to find him and and still just stick on the radio. And they're kind of. St- I like to see that with her. I mean, this was a big turning point for her character because I mean she's always been the not very trusting of people. She's always been the I can't wait to get away from these people or this person. Yeah, you know she's very much standoffish. Doesn't want to deal with people. Is I think just scared of life is itself right now in 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 the world they live in. Um, but now, after her interaction with uh, Quinn last week and then everything else, she actually cares about somebody she barely knows and making sure that they get help and things like that. And, you know, she's really becoming a team player within the group. And that's kind of awesome because, you know, if she had kept on the path she's on, she's doomed. You know, you can't be a loner in this world uh, unless you are either a badass or have a death wish. Well, and she doesn't become a very interesting character either because, you know, yeah. who if 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 she's always going to, quote unquote, double cross somebody or take off or leave or go her own way, like after so many times of coming back and leaving at, at some point, you're just like, OK, you know, we've seen this song play out before. So I, I think it's either you give her some growth, which is what they did, or you right. just find a way to write her off. And, and you know, she just kind of was somebody that came in for a brief period of time and then kind of went on her way. So. Well, and that's kind of what's really amazing about this season. I mean, there's been a lot of really good things. I mean, it's obviously a different show and much better than what we had the first three seasons, even though there are things I do like from the first three seasons, except for what they did to that poor cake. They just left it there. But anyway, um, if you think about it, I mean, all of these characters, we had Lenny James come over with Morgan up. you know, we killed off a couple, but then we have the, the all these new characters, and they're introduced with their problems, their fears. Um, they do a really good job of establishing in those first eight episodes, and even not even the full eight, just maybe half of those, of establishing 
what these characters are so well enough that as they're as they're doing the back half of this season, we're able to see these arcs and journeys and change in character, change in behavior, change in the way of thinking, and it's not rushed. And it makes sense. It plays out logically. I mean, it's brilliant in comparison to what we've seen on this show before. Um, so to to not even go a full season yet and to have that many arcs with this many new characters and successfully pull it off like they have so far anyway um, is super impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really digging this season. Agreed. Uh, we find that, that Jim sure does like his beer. And given any opportunity, he will be glad to tell you about his beer and how important beer is and why they should keep him around um, for his beer. There's a glaring oversight in this television show because they are in the great state of Texas. And it is not that far to Shiner. And I'm sorry, but if you want a superior beer in Texas, Shiner Bach is the (laughs) one. So just had to put that out there. Agreed. Um, so yeah, so he, you know, they keep, you know, I think that, the, uh, they even crack with them, uh, a bit about, um, uh, Sarah and Wendell, like, oh, that they could, they could learn from him and they could brew, you know, they could just do it to him themselves. And Jim is right. like, yeah, maybe in a year you might have something that you might be able to pass off as drinkable. But, uh, again, he's pretty, he's pretty proud of the fact that he's become this, uh, master brewer even if it's in his own mind well but i mean it is it is a craft i mean it is no, an no art question. no question a friend of mine that i've known since high school his dad has worked for years and years making his own recipes and everything and i mean i remember in my early 20s trying some of the nastiest skunkiest beer stuff that he was testing but i mean after a while he got really really good at it and i mean you know, it is an art, and you can't just follow a recipe and that's it, because there's there's more to it than that. You know, I wish I could do it, because, you know, beer and everything, but sure. still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we find Wendell's tricked-out wheelchair, which I think is awesome. Uh, I love it. Yeah, he's got the little rear-view mirrors, he's got, and he's got the blaze. So, Walker's coming up, you see it in the rear view, Jim is wanting to do something, he's like, hey man, give me a gun, and Wendell, uh, Wendell's like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you a gun. He's like, I got this rebar. I'll give you this rebar. <laughs> and, and Jim is like, no, man, give me a gun. Like, like he's coming. You know, move, get out of the way. Like he's 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 worried. And Wendell's like, no, man, just calm down, calm down. I got it, I got it. Uh, and he, sure enough, he waits until he gets he gets close enough to him uh, and throws the switch, and it shoots these three huge spears out of the back of his his wheelchair. Uh, and it and it uh, it's dicks the the walker and then uh sarah comes up and and takes him out um and then they get into an argument about who gets the points uh because <laughs> yeah. she she killed it so she gets the points so well and that's the thing too as cool as that wheelchair is he's got to have a partner with him i mean because they're not high enough to where they would unless it's a child walker or something where it will pierce it in the head right and if it's able to get caught on there and pull itself toward you know now it's stuck you're stuck in the chair because you can't walk yeah (laughs) you know so it's yeah um but it still was like super badass yeah you know i think what he needs to do is add like steal a, a, a rear view mirror off of an old motorcycle they come across and put one on each of the front sides of the 
the wheelchair and then just have a big long sword and then as soon as they stick him he can look in the rearview mirror and just quick right behind his head (laughs) but it was awesome it was especially how it worked and the whole thing just oh it was great yeah i don't know who thought of that but you guys really came up with something good (laughs) yeah uh so then we cut back to john and and strand and they're stuck on this island so um you know, again, after the the storm came through, like it broke a levee, it's flooded out a whole section of of the land, and they're kind of stuck on this island. And part of it is there's there's a huge alligator that's out there keeping them from uh, from crossing over. Which this is like sci fi level alligator. Like I don't like this is like the the jaws of alligators in this. Um, well, I've this thought waterway. about. I've thought about this because at first I had a problem that I'm sure that what you're talking about is like alligators don't eat that much. You know, they eat and then they're fine. It's not like they're rabid and something comes in the water and they go after it like a shark. But I got thinking about it. So the Walking Dead are, I mean, think the blood that's in them is cold probably or, you know, not much. Um, the meat is probably tainted in a way. It doesn't have any kind of flavor. So I'm just wondering if it's like as soon as it starts chomping them, then it just stops because it's not good. And that's why it's continually attacking them as they come in the water because it's looking for actual human or a creature that is alive to eat. No, I get – yeah, and I get that. But it just seems odd that it's like – the this gator of like massive proportions like this is like like you know uh, uh, this isn't your average alligator this this thing is ridiculously huge um oh, i didn't catch that it was like really really big you know because well, I, I, it made it seem that way to me because like it's like knocking halfway knocking their boat over i mean it's it's yeah well that was well I mean, it was just a camper shell thing. But so. still, I mean, I it's and you have two full-grown men in it. I mean, it, it's got some weight to it. So go to the History Channel and watch some back episodes of Swamp People. No, there's my wife is a, my wife is a huge fan. But yeah, I mean, even those like they're you know they're, like a big one is like I don't know twelve feet long or something like that. This right. thing looked like it was about you know fifteen feet long and about four feet wide or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. It just it's just one of those things. Maybe it's like the megalodon. It's like an ancient one that was hidden, and then the the hurricane came and like brought it up from the depths or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just it was just kind of funny to me. I mean, I get it. It's a plot device. It, right. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. I just I just find it funny. It's like, you know, of all the places they find this this like, you know, prehistoric alligator that's torturing them in this uh in this waterway. I was kind of for a minute when it first came around was expecting like um uh John Dory to suddenly be like some kind of alligator whisperer (laughs) and he was going to end up having it as a pet kind of the way um uh king uh uh, ezekiel has you know oh yeah instead of the tiger he's got his alligator yeah Yeah. sure (laughs) that would be i mean it'd be kind of ridiculous but it'd be kind of cool at the same time yeah uh but john's trying to build this raft so he's out there with his you know his hatchet and he's cutting up logs and he's trying to tie them together and you know he's he's going to try and get across and and strand is just like like what are you doing like no i'm not going with you like you want to go try and kill yourself that's fine and he they have this big like philosophical discussion throughout this whole episode at different times about strand just 
you know, wanting to – it's like, look, life's not going to get any better. The only thing we can do is just basically survive one more day than the guy that, you know, died the day before us. And I think at one point he says the only thing uh, – difference between us and, and those that, that, that die are, a day, are an extra day's rations or something like that. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, he's just kind of committed to, um, you know, he just, he just wants to, you know, again, he's lamenting the fact that he left this house with this wine cellar from, from the gods, as he put it, uh, to go out on this fool's errand with John Dory so he wouldn't get killed. Um, and now they're stuck on this island with, you know, dwindling supplies and strands like wanting none of it. And John is just... John is staying optimistic. You know, he pulls out the licorice in his pocket and he's like, you know, of all the stuff that happened and everything we've been through, I still have this this piece of candy, you know, I was able to to get and and keep with me because, you know, because of June and he, you know, going on about that and and again, Strand's kind of not having any of it. Um, but he's he's committed. He's going to build this raft. It, it just seems like John Dory doesn't have the capability to be cynical. At all. Right. I mean, right. And I, I mean, I wish I could be like that. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just interesting. He's always looking for the silver lining. He's always got hope and everything else, which is kind of depressing when he kind of, in a way, gives up towards the end of this one. When yeah. He eats candy, you yeah. know, but um, yeah, it's it's he's a real inspiring character in this show set in, in a zombie apocalypse. It's really cool. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so of course he tries to, you know, get out on the raft and it pretty much sinks right away and Strand kind of tells him, I told you so. Uh, so that doesn't, that doesn't work out so well. Um, and then we catch up with, with Luciana. And so she's kind of out on her mission and she's looking for Charlie at this point and she ends up at a library and she goes in the library and she's looking for, for Charlie and, and finds, finds a bunch of stuff. And then, uh, she goes outside and she she comes across uh, a man. She she comes across a walker, um, <clears throat> and and thinks there's somebody in the car and thinks it might be uh, Charlie. And so she goes up to the car and she finds out it's this man named Clayton. Is an older man, and he's he's been in a car accident, rammed into a light pole. Light pole fell on top of the car. He's pinned and trapped in the car, and you could tell like visibly. He's not looking so good. Uh, no, and I mean it's pretty much the dashboard. The entire thing has just been crushed down onto his legs. Yeah, and so and even yeah. like his midsection and stuff. Because at one point, Luciana grabs the jack and she's she's over on the the passenger side and she's trying to basically use the dash to push the dashboard up off of him. And at one point, he's like, "No, no." no. He, he tells her to stop because he's like, basically, this thing pinching me is the only thing keeping me alive which is kind of gruesome in the fact that if somebody pulled the dash off of him it basically would just like he'd just bleed out internally right like it would just open you know open everything up and the the poor guy would just die out and so at this point luciana is almost kind of like on a mission like like june is except to the extreme like luciana is almost yeah, go ahead. No, she's almost fanatical about needing to do some good, needing to help somebody, needing to to find a purpose. And it's almost right. like she finds this guy and is like, "Okay, if I could just help this guy, like this is this is going to, you know, help me get get my mind right." 
Well, and the other thing, too, though, which I liked this story, but it was very predictable. I mean, you know, I just want one last beer. My head immediately went, she's going to come across one of the boxes with that Jim's been putting the beer in. Yeah, well, sure. You know, so, I mean, it didn't really bother me. It's just, you know, it felt kind of like a, a, a little cheap, cheap writing in a way, you know, they could have kind of come up with something else, but I do have to say, even though I can, I, for the life of me, can't remember his name. The guy that plays the guy pinned in the car, um, great character actor. He's been in tons and tons of stuff. Steven and, Henderson. Yeah. Okay. Um, just he's really good, and you know, for a minute, I kind of thought before before they we realized pulling that off his legs would kill him. I was like, I wonder if this is we're going to get him as a character now in this show, and you know, but unfortunately not. But I I thought it was really really good uh, lesson for Luciana, just and all of it, the whole thing. Yeah, and I think know? I think part of the theme of this episode was almost like coincidence, right? Or um, karma or kismet or however you want to refer to it, because you know Luciana finds the box with the beer that that the other crew has been leaving while they're looking for this man uh, who owns the truck, and it just so happens. I mean, skipping ahead a little bit, but it you know spoiler it it happens to be the guy that Luciana is trying to help, and then at the you know at the same time you know we get we, later on we get the stuff with Alicia and you know every it's like everybody's right. kind of converging and all these things are kind of lining up um and, and i think and I, in a way it's kind of copping out in the writing but in another way it's actually kind of cool so I, yeah i think it's almost like thematically i you know normally i would kind of chalk it up to lazy writing but yeah. i i think i think in this case there it, this is almost purposeful in they're trying to be thematic about it in the fact that all of these separate all these people have gone their separate ways from each other for for good reason right like in their own way they're all trying to kind of do good and and have done separate you know different things and now they're all kind of pulling back to each other and it's almost like it's almost like they're trying to say like fate is going to bring them together um and so, so yeah. Normally, I would I would really kind of be eye rolly with it, but I I think they're just trying to. Again, I think they're trying to give a message here. It, it just it doesn't seem like it's lazy writing. It's more uh, purposeful uh, than that. Um, yeah, I see it. Yeah. So, which is kind of a, a, fi- a fine line because if you I think if you don't do it quite right, um, it, it can it can come off as cheap. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when Clayton mentions to Luciana that he did something that drove his family away um, and then tried to make it right, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's the polar bear that that uh, that Wendell and Sarah were talking about earlier in the episode is the one who belonged in the truck. I thought uh, up until this point, and I don't know if you thought that, I think we even talked about it last episode. I thought that the guy that the crazy lady had had written um you know, take what you need, leave what you don't on the yeah, board. I, I thought, thought that yeah. was the dude. I did too. Be, more or less because of how that episode was edited because like it cut between, I can't remember what it was, but then it cut to her with that guy. And it was almost like they were, you know, hinting at that, that he was the truck driver. Um, but I guess it just turns out it was either in our minds or they rode in a red herring. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, once once that kind of came in, I, I was like, oh, okay, that's 
that's that's what's going on here. Do I hear a Jim Dietz? Do I hear a Mr. Dietz? You do. You do. And guys, I have a pitch for a brand new sitcom. You want to hear it? Please. Sure. He's a gunslinger with a heart of gold. He's a compulsively lying alcoholic. Can they get along? <laughs> is this the, the is this the post apocalyptic odd, odd couple? <laughs> yeah. Dorian Strand this summer on Fox. <laughs> I would Sorry, I, I, I would watch that show. Yeah, it was it was the most entertaining part of this episode for me anyway. I really well, I I would watch it up until the point where it's on Fox. So well, it seemed like a Fox filling show for the summer. So. Sure. Yeah. So Jim, one of the That's, things that that. Um, that Rich and I have been talking about as far as, you know, especially since you mentioned uh, John and uh, um, and Strand was just this whole philosophical thing they had going on this whole episode about, you know, Strand basically saying, like, basically, this is all bull crap and I'm just going to sit this out and you just do what you want to do. And John kind of talking about hope and, you know, not giving up and having to believe that, you know, that they're, they're going to get back to where they should be. And uh, and that was kind of like the recurring uh, attempted theme until we get to the end, and then it all kind of falls right. apart. But well, it's kind of cool. I mean, you have like two of the most diametrically opposed, uh, in, as far as points of view, uh, characters. You know, uh, on the show, like John Dory's trying to make the best of a bad situation, and Strand is just trying to be an opportunist, and that's just who they are. And then you throw them together in this kind of situation where they're trying to, you know, get across this river, and they're dealing with a zombie-eating gator and all this other stuff, and. um you know, it was, it was just interesting to see. And they're two of my favorite actors on the show, too. Uh, see them thrown together and reacting and acting off of one another. Um, like to, I mean, I don't know where you are in the, in the episode, but, like, we we see, like, little, like, flourishes of their characters through the whole thing. Like, Dory, of course, tries to build a raft. You know, yeah. Strand almost almost dies grabbing a bottle of booze, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just a very, you know, telling of their characters in contrast to one another. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of building the raft, first of all, I could see I was with Strand on that whole thing. It's like that is not going to hold together. But even more beyond that, did you guys catch the same thing that I did that behind them was this little shack cabin thing that had a big front door? I mean, if it was good enough for Rose and Jack in the Titanic, it should be good enough here. They could have used like a door or something or, or cut or chopped out part of the wall or something to make it, you know, it just, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just more resourceful than John Dory. Maybe I'd so. like to think. I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's totally symbolic of how they deal with stuff. You know, Don, Dory is constantly like trying to keep his head together and trying to make it better, even though it's, you know, the middle of the shittiest situation possible. And, and Strand is just like, man, screw it. I'm going to drink. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, right so. before you joined, I was saying that I don't think that Dory has the capability to have to be cynical at all. So he's just, um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of refreshing. I wish I could be like him is what I was saying. I think his hope is kind of what keeps him going, you know? Yeah. Yep. And Strand, what keeps him going is like the next opportunity, the next bottle, the next, the next, you know, scam or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, the only one who really got through to, to Strand really was Madison. Yep, yep. In a meaningful way. I mean, nobody else really has. True. Uh, yeah. So back at the at the truck, <clears throat> Crazy Lady gets back on the radio, um, and once they once or no, she didn't get back. Once they realized that the zombie that that they killed on the chair had the writing on it, um, 
they realized that they kind of needed to get out of there. And I, I think the, the, so Sarah and Wendell wanted to just kind of like get on the road and just, just haul ass out of there. And, uh, uh, Morgan's like, Nope, we're going to go find, find my friends. And, and they're like, well, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You know, you can't, you know, you can't do anything. And just like in mid sentence, Morgan takes that shovel. It was like, boop and knocks the gun out of her hand. And she's like, that was so awesome. Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, that, that was a very, I, very, very Morgan thing to do. Yeah. 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 I really like her and Wendell. I mean, those yeah. are some really good characters and they play off each other very well, but they also play off of our other characters super awesomely. I just, I love it. I love their characters. Yeah. I love, she tries to talk tough until she realizes that she's totally outmatched <laughs> by this man. So. Well, I will say this. The Momo thing is getting a little tiring. I, I She, you know, Momo, Jimbo, like, I don't know. I, it, like, to me, it's just part of her character. I, I, I actually kind of find it endearing that she just kind of nicknames. It's just like she's just she's just one of those people. Uh, no, I'm fine with that part. It's that she seems to purposely be trying to annoy Morgan. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> but then it's like, OK, let's calm it down a little bit. But That's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind her at all. I, I hate Raggedy Lady or whatever. Yeah, was yeah. I know. I know she's supposed to be an antagonist. I know we're not supposed to like her, but I just I hate her as an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, unless there's some like really good explanation for what she's doing or whatever. I mean, she reminds me of, of like, um. I mean, you guys are comic nerds. It reminds me of, like, the Hunter Zolomon version of Zoom. Oh, sure. Like, 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 I'm making your life harder to make you a better person. I mean, that's kind of BS, you know? I Especially hate considering, when, when, you know, the situation. When things are cryptic for the purpose of being cryptic, it's like she's being coy and, and just, it's like, keeps being coy and keeps being coy. And it's just like, like, people don't act like that. Like, I, I, well, I mean, I guess. But she has a perfectly good reason. There is a good reason. She's effing nuts. I mean, that's yeah, what it boils down. I mean, I, I think anyway, I thought it would be interesting for her to um, like because Al had they Al has not seen her yet. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, on one of those tapes is like uh, an interview she did with her, like early on in the zombie apocalypse. I just, I don't know. There's why is she being so cryptic other than being nuts? So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so we go back to strand and John, uh, and John sees this truck that's kind of perched up, of course, uh, precariously against some rocks and it's got a camper shell. And John realizes like, Hey, if we get the camper shell, we can make a raft out of it and we can, we can get across. And, uh, nope. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, my wife and I built a chicken coop out of a camper shell, how'd that uh, or like the the back the back part of it. And it's, it's sturdy. It's super heavy, and it is not waterproof in any way. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he had duct tape. He had a lot of duct tape. <laughs> Handyman secret weapon. <laughs> um. So, but his side is still bugging him from being shot. And uh, so he tries to convince Strand to go up there and and do it. And he's finally able to talk him into it. Uh, Strand goes around and tries to unlatch it. And in there, of course, there's a zombie and a bottle of whiskey. And so Strand, having lamented earlier about the um, uh, the wine cellar of the gods that he had to let go, uh, yeah. he, he wants that whiskey. And, of course... He goes in too far. The truck starts to topple. He ju- he jumps in. The thing you know tumbles to the ground. Um, 
and the the walker is stabbed through the mouth in a in a pretty gruesome way. Um, Skilly for strand. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of a very similar scene. I think it was season four of the Parent Show with Bob, where he risks his life to try to get the booze. I mean, that's going back a few ways, but I don't know if you guys remember what I'm talking about. And he had the backpack that was falling off the roof yes. or whatever. Yes. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went back for the, he almost killed himself trying to get the booze. Yeah. And yeah, it reminded me very much of that scene. Alcoholism is a is a gruesome addiction. So. So he's able to to get the bottle. They get the camper off, um, and uh, it, it's funny. So it, a little bit later, they they come back to it, and Strand is sitting there, and he's drinking the he's drinking the whiskey. And uh, John comes up to him, and he's like, "You know, is that what you did? You know, before you know, did you drink like this before the uh, you know apocalypse? What did you do?" And he he goes he goes uh, Strand says. Back then, I was an amateur. He goes, I've gone pro. I just, I, <laughs> I love that line. I just love that line. Uh, I, I, I specifically wrote that in my notes when he said that. Because I was like, that's such a strand line. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we, we're catch up with Lucy, and she's on this, uh, this quest to go after uh uh, this beer for for Clayton because that's that's what he wants. He wants to be able to to drink a beer one one more time before he dies. So Lucy, you know, continues her quest. I love it. She finds that bo- she finds the one bottle um, which looks like a bottle of beer, and she picks it up and it says root beer. That's like, oh. wah wah. Which to me would be welcoming in the zombie apocalypse too, because I love root beer, and I bet there's not a lot of it. So yeah. <laughs> So she she goes on and she she comes across the box, um, and of course the box has a because Morgan and his crew have been leaving it. It has a bottle of of Jim's beer in it um, that that she's able to get. Um, and when when she finally so when she finally gets back to to Clayton in the car, um, he's like, "Oh, the beer's cold," and she's like, "Yeah, there was a ice pack in the in the med kit," and so she basically you know used the ice pack to. To, to get the beer cold and, and give him his beer. And, you know, she asked him, like, what he did, you know, what was it he did that took him away from his family? And he said uh, he drove a truck. And so, again, it becomes clear at this point that Clayton is is the polar bear. Um, this is the point where I figured out, you know, that probably where everybody figured it out. <laughs> yeah, and then he mentions he's got these, you know, these uh, notebooks in, in the back that he's he, – says they're very important, you know, that, you know, that she should take them, um, and that they've come in handy and she might, she might need them. Um, and, and so then he, he passes away. She, it looks like she went and buried him and she takes the bottle and kind of makes this like makeshift headstone out of, out of a bunch of, uh, bricks and puts the beer bottle on top of the headstone. Um, but again, Luciana's pretty distraught at this point. Like she's a, but but again, she feels like she's she's one step closer to kind of bringing herself back. You know, she's been uh, like we mentioned right. earlier. She's been on this mission to 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 try and save somebody, do some good, do something. And and so I think this this kind of helped put her on the on the right path. The only thing that I wonder 
is, and of course this is going off of past tropes and parent show tropes, but when characters that are having issues suddenly have this 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 soul searching moment and they're starting to redeem whatever it is, that's when they get killed on the show. So I'm just kind of is Luciana going to be around at the end of this? If she has a profound speech in the next episode, we'll know she's dead meat. So right. two, uh, someone they talked about T dog driving a bus. <laughs> yes. Remember when you drive a bus for all them children? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're such a good guy. Dunzo. Um, so then Luciana, I, uh, you know, the one thing she, she hears on the radio, she finds uh, uh, Morgan, and then they, they pick her up. So, again, the, the, the team is – the band is getting put back together slowly. Um, we cut back to Strand and John, and – He's finally got the like he's got the duct tape. He's sealing it up. He he took the um, the gas can off the truck and is using it to kind of add some buoyancy. He's got some empty you know water bottles. Uh, he pulled the battery, pulled the horn, and he feels like okay, I'm gonna he's gonna make a noisemaker out of the horn and set it on the other side of the of the, the little lake there. Uh, yep. Use that as a distraction, and then they can get in the boat and they can paddle across. And this is where he teach convinces uh strand to to go with him uh and even kind of teases him with the with the horn and it was kind of a cool moment where later on strand is like oh i just did this because i felt sorry for you but you could tell that john was getting getting through to him like john i I think he was actually getting through to strand um who the only thing he brought with him uh in the boat to get across was the bottle of whiskey of course well priorities yeah um so they set the they set the the horn off, they put the boat in the water, and uh of course they start to paddle and the walkers start coming towards the water, they go into the water, and then of course the car battery dies and the horn goes out. Even though a horn uses almost no battery power, and I think that horn probably could have <laughs> unless that battery was almost dead, that horn should have been able to run forever. Um but again, plot 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 device. Um, so of course the horn goes out. The walkers get distracted by that stupid bird, <laughs> and so they leave the water. They start walking back to the shore because that that damn bird is making noise to lead them away. It's the plot contrivance bird. Look. Yes, yes. <laughs> damn grackle. Uh, and so of course once that happens, then they're kind of like stuck. So they're out in the middle of this little lake. Uh, John, who's still f- fighting aside, he drops his oar and can't pick it back up. And Strand is like, okay, that's it. I'm out. Like th- we gave it a good try. We we did our best, but we ain't gonna make it across. And John, he fully believes, even still, that he can make it across. Um, and and Strand's like, no, you know, fire off your gun. You know, bring those zombies towards us so the alligators distracted and we can get back to shore. Like we can make it back to shore. And John is convinced that they he they can make it across and of course once he starts shooting his gun and that alligator goes after the zombies it's pretty clear that there's no that there's no way they would have made it they would have made it across you know i'm i'm wondering if their next thing is going to be i mean try and trap the alligator you know i don't know what they would use as bait other than themselves but figure something out maybe good eating man I mean, oh yeah that's when when he first shot the gator um i thought because I thought he killed so did I. it. Because it just yeah. went away. And I yeah, was like, like oh, oh, man, there's some good eating coming right there. Because, <laughs> oh, alligator is so tasty. 
I've never partaken. Oh, I've cooked it a few times. It's, it's really kind of like it's kind of like swordfish. Interesting. Yeah. A little, little tougher, a little, little more sticky than swordfish, but it's good. It's really good. Yeah, the first few times I had it was um, just the the chain razus, and they had alligator bites. Yeah. They, oh, sure. Yeah. And those were good, and I thought, oh, that's good. And then I was in New Orleans and actually had, like, a steak. And it was, oh, man, it, it was yeah. a little difference, and it was so good. Plus, uh, Dory can make some sweet holsters out of the alligator skin yeah, for, his, uh, for his guns, man. That would look badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> alligator skin holsters. Yep. Yeah, I have a great story to go with it, too. Yes. Yes, yes. If only there was a reporter to film the story. Oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they get back to shore and at at this point, this is where John kind of breaks down a bit and realizes like, maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Um, and he actually takes that piece of candy out that he's been saving for June and eats it. And I think that, you know, again, kind of symbolic of him kind of giving up a bit or at least feeling like, uh, you know, kind of, he's losing hope for the first time. I think in the whole, in the whole, you know, since he's been on the show, he's, this is the first time we've ever seen him like truly kind of lose hope. It also wasn't until this moment that I realized that the piece of candy was what the episode was named after. <laughs> Cause I hadn't noticed till then that it said blackjack on the yes, candy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of licorice candy. I'm not a fan of blackjack. I, I like like uh Twizzlers, you know, strawberry licorice or whatever, but licorice, licorice, black licorice, you know, it's like one Scuff. of the, yeah. Step one, take all the black licorice. Step two, throw it in the trash. <laughs> um, Step three, buy red vines. Yeah, there you go. Um, just makes me th- it just makes me think of Jägermeister. Ah, uh, yeah, I do like Jäger though, but I don't. I like the effects of it, not the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, <clears throat> at this point. We cut back and we see that uh, uh, we we cut back to Charlie and she's on the radio and then she's able to get a hold of Morgan. And so then Alicia, you know, because Alicia's like, what are you doing? Don't do that. You're like, what if somebody's listening that we don't want to listen? And uh, and then a voice comes back and is like, hello, and says something. And Alicia's like, Morgan? <laughs> like she kind of says it with a question like, Morgan? Um and so, you know, that she she tells him that this is where we're at. And he's like, oh, we're just north of you. We'll turn around. We're coming to get you. And at that point, then Crazy Lady juts in and starts doing her thing. And Alicia's like, well, who the hell is this? And uh, then things get a little little crazy because uh, we cut back to the truck. And Morgan's yelling, you know, get out of there, get out yeah. of there, or whatever it is he's saying. Because, you know, because didn't they say what mile marker they, they were yeah. at? She said, yeah, she said she was on at mile marker 85. And uh, yeah, and that's when Morgan said, "We're just north of you." So, uh, in the front of the truck, that's when Sarah and uh, and Wendell see. They ask uh, Al over the radio. It's like, "Hey, what did that? What did that van of yours look like?" And she tells him, "You know, it's a military. It's like a tank." And she's like, "Well, it's it's coming up on our five o'clock. You know, approaching fast." And uh, and she's like, "Well, speed up because that thing that thing is super slow." And and Sarah's like, "What do you think this is? This is an eighteen wheeler for God's sake!" It's like. Uh, and so she's trying to punch it, and it's not working. And of course, Crazy Lady is coming up, and uh, you know, again, the smack talking continues, and it's mainly geared towards Morgan. You know, just her trying to call Morgan out to say, you know, she knows who he is, she knows she's going to make him better, um, so on and so forth. And of course, 
As she pulls up alongside, she starts to lower the guns and opens fire and Alicia and she opens the channel while she does it. So Alicia, all they hear is, you know, uh, extreme gunfire and then not much else. Um, and that's kind of where we leave it. So uh, obviously there's there's going to be probably some something catastrophic happening to the to the rig um, for next week. Well, they only have like three episodes left, right? Three, yeah. There's three left. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I don't think Alicia's dying because she's the last of that family. Um, I thought maybe Charlie gets off at this point, but I think that that would not be a satisfying end for her character. Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I would be fine if nobody died like i don't think it's necessary to be honest with you i mean i think it's okay if you just uh you know i i think we've just gotten so into it's like oh if there's not some major death then it's you know it's kind of a letdown but i mean i i just i think they've been telling a good story this this season and if it ends with mm-hmm. no yeah you know, i mean i think they've had enough deaths you know this this half season uh, or the, you know this this season I should say not just half season but this season that I don't I don't know that they need to 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 kill somebody off to to give any kind of dramatic um you know ending to anything I, I I like the group that they have I like these characters and and I hope that we get to explore more because I think hopefully at the end of the season they kind of everybody comes back together and they're a group and I'd be curious to see what this group is gonna do as a as a complete unit um especially with the addition of of Sarah and Wendell um and and Jim to the Did you just call me a complete unit? Dude, that's not cool. Do what? <laughs> no, um, never mind. Um I think the biggest sh- most shocking thing they could do is not kill someone off cuz we almost expect that. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like every every season finale is like, oh, who's going to die this time? Who's going to die this time? I think they could really subvert a lot of expectations by not killing someone or may even, you know, make it seem like they're going to kill someone like, like in the end of some of the other seasons, but then not do it. I think that'd probably be the best thing they could do. Like you said, Russ, I mean, this ensemble they have now is strong. You know, I'd like to see them continue a little bit longer before, you know, let us, let us get invested in these characters before you take them away. I mean, that's where the gravitas of these people getting killed comes from. I mean, we don't care if it's a character we've seen like, I don't know, like three or four episodes, and all of a sudden they die. I mean, we don't, you know, we haven't had an attachment to them. You know what I mean? We don't really, you know, know or care where they came from. And, and you know, when we see them go, it really doesn't have that kind of resonance it does when we lose, like, you know, Carl or, or you know, or any of the characters from the main main uh, game or, or main show or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's just, it ends up seeming like a revolving door. So and I, I, also, I'm with you. Just let them live for a little while. You know, let them yeah. be, for God's sake. I also think that our um, dime store Michonne or whatever it is she's being called on Reddit nowadays, but uh, I don't think that she's going to end up being as much of a threat as like they're making her out to be. I think that her whole purpose for being is because our group, this group that we have now, since they've been together, have been extremely fragile. The group was just, they're together, but they're not together. There's not a whole lot of teamwork going on. They don't trust each other and all of that. And I think that she is simply 
the the catalyst for bringing them together as a caring group. We already have seen a little bit of that growth with June this episode. Um, so I, I think that that's what's going to end up bringing it around and that they don't need to kill anybody because that does, sometimes, you know, not just Walking Dead, but in television shows and in stories, a character gets killed to be the catalyst that sets off whatever it is. And in this case, I don't think they need that. I think it's her and she's not going to end up being a threat in the long run, but all the menace that she's causing and all the crap she's doing right now is enough to bring them together. And and at the end of it, at the end of the season, they will be a well, not only about well-oiled, but a good working machine together. See, I almost feel like that's why the only reason they have her there is for something for them to, to go up against other than the environment. Because, right, I mean, right. this season has all been, them, about, been about them dealing with that storm and dealing with the aftermath of that environment uh, that they're in. And they really haven't had an antagonist up until this lady came along, and, you know, after the, you know, the, um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the people in the bus that parked outside. Um, after they left, you know, there really hasn't been an antagonist, so... Um, <laughs> say ravens but that's not what they were no. called. yeah I'm, I'm i'm old i'm sorry i can't me too feel like oh yeah but um you know who i'm talking about but i mean i think they almost feel like they need to have that antagonism in the mix to keep it going and it's almost like they don't but i mean i get what you're saying i just i don't i like that an antagonist has a good motivation and i don't think her motivation has been clearly enough like put out there for me yet so wasn't it the vultures and that what they were vultures vultures yeah. thank you yeah. i'm sorry I'm a big dummy head. I'm old and I have a long day, so please forgive. <laughs> no problem. It's been a trying few days. Agreed. <clears throat> All right. But you know where you know where you know where it's not trying. You know where it's always awesome. Where right? is it always awesome? DCBService.com, my friend. Of course. I was you know why it's always awesome there? Because everything is cheap. Every day we is love a discount, cheap stuff, don't we? Every day is a discount. I'm looking right now. We got Marvel and DC bundles at 50% off. We have these sweet Rocky statues, <laughs> Rocky puppets of Rocky and Mickey, uh, Matt statues that are pretty cool if you're a fan of Rocky. Look, if you're looking for geeky stuff, you're looking for, if you want to read the Walking Dead graphic novels, or if you're just into zombies in general and want to read some zombie comics, if you're into collectibles, if you're into you know, gaming uh, like I am, or action figures, or statues, or clothing, anything geeky under the sun, and by all means, go to DCBService.com. That is where you're going to find it at the best price and from the best people. Uh, I'm looking at all kinds of really cool stuff here. Oh, wow. There's a um, uh, from the uh, – oh, this is really nice. If you're into Overwatch, the video game, I'm looking at an, an ultimate hoodie of Winston. It's really sweet looking. I'm not really into Overwatch, but this is, you know, hoodie is looking cool. And it's 40% off, and they have them for all the characters, Widowmaker, bunch of others if you're into the video game type of things they have that stuff too they have ball caps and clothing and and really cool uh statues that you want to put up on your on your on your um you know on your shelf proudly display um i'm a rick and morty acrylic button set this looks hilarious it'd be good a good gift for you chub and you know christmas really isn't that far off dudes i already ordered those oh you already ordered them oh good i'm glad i didn't get them then (laughs) but um i want to i want to point something out real quick um if sure. you're a fan of the Walking Dead comic, uh, the, and the September solicits for for DCBService.com uh, is issue 185, which is uh, part of the 15th anniversary of the Walking Dead comic since it started. And one of the, awesome. one of the variants they're putting out is a Bill Sienkiewicz variant, 
Um, oh, wow. And it's a sweet Jesus. Literally. I mean that literally. Yes, it's Jesus <laughs> from The Walking Dead, and it looks sweet. Um, it's totally sweet. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. If you're not if if uh, if you're not familiar with Bill Sienkiewicz's work, he's he's a, he's very stylistic. Um, if you see if you see his work online, if you were to Google Sienkiewicz and look at stuff online, you'd be oh that artist because you've seen his work everywhere: movie posters, comics, novels. Um, he does portraits for uh, you know New Yorker and for Time and. He's like one of the best illustrators of the 20th and 21st century, and I mean, you just saying there's a Sienkiewicz um, uh, variant. I, I haven't even seen it, and I almost want to get a sight and see just because he's such an awesome it's artist. It's pretty cool. It's a big uh, portrait of it's it's painted of Jesus from the comics, um, and it's almost like what they call well, like one of these naked variants where. Uh, they don't have all the crazy uh, graphic stuff on there. It just literally has the word Jesus at the bottom, and it's it's the it's a big portrait of Jesus. And uh, in the upper right, it just has Walking Dead, like 15th anniversary. It's really cool looking. Um, and on DCB uh, service, it's not like uh, some some even other comic shops will charge you more for variants. This is must be like a one for one um, because it's it's you can get it for forty percent off of two thirty nine. Um, so if you've been wanting to maybe get back into the comics, if you just like cool art uh, and want to get a cool comic with a cover, I'd definitely check that out. I'm noticing they also have a line of uh, new uh, Chia Pets, including Rose from Golden Girls and uh, and Morty or Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, all these like really bizarre, funny Chia Pets. And I see something here that I, would be cool for anyone for their Christmas gift that's 35% off. It's a NASA saddlebag uh, type situation. And not only does it have the NASA logo on it, it has patches from some of the missions. Uh, replica patches. Super cool for the uh, you know, space geek on your list. Um, oh, yeah. Here's Stranger Things Dustin Chia Pet. Sure. Uh, they're, all, they're all 30% off. So I haven't seen this on here yet, but have you seen the Deadpool Chia Pet? <laughs> it looks so funny looking. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, oh man, there's just so many. They have all the Golden Girls, I guess. I'm seeing Blanche here as well. Of course. That's a Chia Pet. So, oh, you, the VR Chia Pet. That's like a must have. <laughs> something you gotta have. So, <laughs> again, DCB Service and their, uh, their sister site, uh, In Stock Trades. Uh, if you want it and you want it at a great price and you want to deal with some people that are going to treat you right and don't just, you know, look at you like, I mean, they're, they're not a big box retailer like Amazon or, or someplace like that. They really care about their customers and they will go the extra mile for you to make sure. I know Russ is a collector and kind of a stickler with his books and he always uh, is happy with the way they are shipped to him in pristine condition. Um, and like I said, not just books, not just comics, all kinds of geeky stuff. Get set for the holidays, people. They're not that really far away. Um, only you have a few more months to get stuff for the geeky people on your list. Get some cool zombie swag at some great prices. Uh, DCBService.com. We thank them for their continued support. I can take those pins out of my September order if you really want to get them for me, Jim. <laughs> no, I have, an, I have another idea for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. <laughs> you should, and Well, you should be. <laughs> I'm going to get you the birthday cake from last season. Or from two seasons ago. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go with our. We're going to roll with our Toby ratings. Yeah. So let's let's do uh, our Toby ratings. Jim, why don't you go first? Well, how about Aaron goes first since he couldn't be here tonight? He sent an email in. Good idea. Uh, 
Aaron writes in because, you know, he's off hobnobbing with the stars as he He do. ain't got time to bleed. No, he doesn't have time to bleed, and that's probably what he's watching tonight. Uh, I'm so no, jealous. He... Sorry, I can uh hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it again. I'm having no time to bleed as I'm seeing the predator later. That said, I enjoyed this week's episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. Blackjack, as far as seeing these characters continue to work toward becoming better as people and getting close to getting back together. Uh, why we need to separate every, separate everyone, I'm not sure, but it's led to some good stuff. Now, alligators, crocodiles don't ever act like that, but I did like the separation between Strand and John and made for some solid scenes. The beer hunt was predictable and made better by the presence of Stephen Henderson. I like the villain we're currently dealing with. It's a neat choice to someone reflects what we've seen on The Walking Dead Prime a lot, but still fresh enough. Uh, the last thing I'll say, the end of the episode was a terrific cliffhanger. I'll go for Toby's. Well, thanks for writing in, Aaron. I'm sorry you couldn't be here tonight. Maybe next week you can make it. We'll have time to bleed next week. <laughs> make him a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Uh, I personally also give it four. I really like the stuff with Dorian Strand a lot. Uh, I like the other storyline, too, with Polar Bear. Trying to get his last beer. That totally makes sense to me. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm glad they're all kind of moving back together, and I like the I like the cliffhanger at the end too. So this is a solid episode. I give it a solid four Tobies. Mr. Chub Toad, uh, I'm I'm right in line with those two. I, I also give it four Tobies. I really I really like this episode, even though like we were talking about earlier, it seemed writing wise it was a little paint by numbers, but it. Like you said, Russ, it just seemed like by design, and it actually ended up being very solid. Uh, the and it, I agree with like what Jim and Aaron were talking about with uh, uh, Strand and Dory. I mean, just the 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 play between those two characters. I mean, I liked the rest of the episode, but we could have not had the rest of the episode and just had a solid hour of those two and this problem they're trying to work through. Um, and it would have been super entertaining, but I mean, all of it, I, I'm, I'm kind of of the same mind of, um, you know, the dime store Michonne, let's, let's go, you know, let's get to the end of this story. Um, but like I said earlier, I think it, it's, it's more of a device to bring them together than it is anything else. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed, um, Wendell and that chair. I mean, the chair alone gets four Tobies, um, so yeah, uh, just really solid season, really solid episode. I mean, I think the worst rating I've given for this season was a three and a half for an episode. So uh, you know, they, they they promised us a change and better, and they they have so far delivered. I will also give it a four. Uh, as uh, <clears throat> I will also give it a four. Uh, I again, strong episode, strong season. Uh, I think this episode was a little bit of an uptick from last weekend, mainly for the character interactions. Uh, and again, uh, solid writing, solid directing. They're just telling a really interesting story. Uh, and I think, you know, as we've been saying all season long, these new characters have interjected some new life into this show. Uh, and especially in this half of the season between Jim and Wendell and Sarah, I, I'm really anxious to, to see what they're going to bring to uh, the table as the show moves, moves forward. Yeah. So that's what we think, but nobody cares what we think. Uh, we like to read what you think. And by we, I mean the dulcet tones of Mr. Jim Dietz from our Facebook group. 
Uh, first of all, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group is the group you want to join for uh, to uh, put your two cents in um, and let us know what you think about both Fear of the Walking Dead and the regular Walking Dead show. I would like to shout out Mr. Andrew Park, who threw up some really cool art of us, the Walking yes. Dead TV podcast Facebook crew. We put it as the header on the page right now. Unfortunately, Russ is unable to be photographed by regular means. <laughs> Much like a vampire or or uh, undead himself, so he was not able to be part of the art. But uh, we have uh, myself in my chef coat, which is nice, and then Chubb asking for cake, and Daryl and, and Aaron all there. So Andrew Park, uh, thank you very much. It's an awesome uh, conscious- image. It yeah. is really really sharp. It's nope. fun. Oh, originally, oh, I'm just gonna say these these images originally came from an instructional uh, YouTube video about lack of sleep, where lack of sleep literally was turning people into zombies, and uh, he was able to transfer them over to this uh, banner. So thanks so much. Uh, it's great. It's an honor to be immortalized once again as a zombie. Not the first time for me. Uh, Dave Wachter did a really nice painting of me as a zombie, too. So. And didn't Shalem do... He did all of us as zombies at one point. I think he did. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. So thanks so much to Andrew Park for that. And uh, Cognitive is the name of his animation uh, studio. So thanks a bunch. Uh, we would like to start this week with Brent Jones. Uh, two gator snacks out of five. John and Strand was interesting. Luciano's story is not only stupid, it was predictable and boring. And the semi-truck people are starting to wear on me. At least the beer guy is. And Dirty Cajun Bad Lady is just dumb. A baddie to have a baddie. Uh, we've seen this story already. I'm just not interested in it. Move on and get the mojo back from the first half of the season. Uh, Susan Monk came in four Momo's Airport shuttle franchises out of five. <laughs> yeah, there's, I guess there's Uber in the in the uh, in the apocalypse, right? Uh, John has seen too many movies since he thinks it's so easy to make a raft. Alcohol influences people to make bad decisions, whether they're drunk or sober. If they can find an apocalyptic rehab, maybe Strand should pop in and get some help. Glad to see the group getting back together. Don't think Bizarro Michonne slash Filthy Woman will be around too much longer, since the writers didn't bother giving her a real name. Keep on trucking. I hope you're right, Susan, because I don't like that lady. Um, Richard, Chopper Cherry Charrington. And uh, we're still uh, with this Coors Light thing, Richard. Seriously. <laughs> it, it's never Come ending. On, I, I can't, I, every time I see his name, I can't help but think of Coors Light now. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll, get a, maybe we'll get a sponsorship and we'll send it all to you, buddy. Because um, yeah. uh, 4.75, everybody needs a hungry gator during the zombie apocalypse out of five. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The season of fear has been amazing. The storyline is now starting to tie together, and it's really been enjoyable. But at the end, surely the truck could have swerved and ran the SWAT van off the road. Hopefully the crazy lady will end up being gator food come the end of the season, which helps John and Strand escape. Gutted this season is fast coming to an end. Uh, DeRay Irvin, five. Dilla Hunk is back out of five. Uh, I was entertained from beginning to end, and nothing truly bugged me. I love how balanced this episode felt. I appreciate the perfect amount of humor mixed in with these dark situations. I'm sad there are only three episodes left. Say it and so, Momo. Uh, Johnny Storer wrote in three out of five. This episode was just okay for me. Some stuff really, really bothers me. Crocodiles don't just eat stuff to eat. Once they eat, they are done for a long time. Also with Luciana, she was super depressed in the house before the storm so much she wasn't responding to anyone or anything. I uh, like Walter, uh, like the walker coming up on her in the music hall. Then she goes out. We don't know what happened to her to survive the storm. And then she finds a random guy to go out looking for beer for his last drink because she cares. It makes no sense in my opinion. 
Uh, also, the walkie-talkies all of a sudden have a range so they can contact one another now. I'm not too sure on these new showrunners. I feel the show is drastically changing since Madison died was revealed. Ugh. Uh, side note, I've learned to say if Jim starts the show and then leaves and Richard takes over, Rich doesn't make money off the characters Jim created, hence killing off and new characters introduced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. We see t- always see talking about my great sitcom idea for, for uh, Dor- Dorian Strand. Wow. Oh, no, he's talking about why they killed off all the old, almost all the old characters on Fear and brought in new ones. Uh, including two. Oh, okay. Don't worry, they're not going to kill me off, buddy. Um, Robert Nigro, three sorely needed shipwrights out of five. I'm not feeling it as much as I did at the beginning of the season. I guess that's because of all the forced separations that we know will get resolved. So ho-hum about such fakery. We've seen it before over and over. I, too, am already bored of the truckers. They seem to have a little point except to be there. And I wish Filthy Woman would just take herself elsewhere where they need to have a villain for just a villain's sake. I got quite enough of that from the parent show. I'm cranky and I want a nap. Okay, Robin. And I'm glad that Yuki Yoshi waited to go to the end because I always got to stretch on my vocal cords for their... their uh, deep breath. I know, I got to gotta, gotta get, in my, get in my chi working here. Uh, one. Uh, four beers out of five. One. Okay, when you hear a walker on the other line and then a calm person immediately after that, it's time, it's time to go, mono. <laughs> uh, two, it feels like Strand wants John to fail. Why? Three, I'm calling this guy his polar bear. I mean, he looks like a polar bear. Four, no, no, Jimmy, you're not letting Morgan come with you. Morgan is letting you take him. He's the navigator, and if the goddamn navigator wants to sit and wait, no matter how stupid that sounds, then you sit and you wait. Five. Uh, Stands, we're not out on this island due to the storm. There are a lot of people who love you. We need you to admit you have a drinking problem. I mean, you risk getting bit just for a worn bottle of booze, dude. Uh, Six, oh yeah, the beer Jim put in the cool fool circle. Uh, Seven, I hate to say this, but John, but Mr. Booze is right. You can't make it swim back. Uh, Also, Zombie Nation has a way shorter budget than uh, Fear the Walking Dead, but they gave us a zombie bear. This show can't commit to a normal alligator. <laughs> uh, eight. Oh, Charlie and Alicia are with the convoy now. Cool. That saves us an episode. Nine. Sorry, that was funny. Nine. Uh, okay, conspiracy theory time. Nega Michonne knows Morgan back when he was clearing out Kings County. He told Rick he kills anybody who comes into town and doesn't even bother to see if they're friendly or threat. Just kills them on the spot. I think clear Morgan may have killed someone she knew back then. Oh, that could be. Interesting theory, my friend. Kenpai! Kenpai! And Kenpai to you, Yukiyoshi, as well. And if you would like to let us know how you feel about The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, or The Walking Dead, which we'll be back in a month, by all means, join the Facebook group. We also have links there to news, and like I said, the fun, fun and funky art. Um, we had some, oh, with this season's uh, uh, promo photos came out of the characters, which uh, look pretty cool. We got a really nice Red Rick poster. See, that's, he finally got sunburned after all that Atlanta Sun that poster. Uh, to announce, uh, you know, 10-7 as the uh, premiere date there. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. So definitely check out the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group and join us. And if you don't do the Facebooks, uh, you can send us an email at WDTV at HHWLOD.com. And we will read it on the air if you so choose for us to do so. Or if you just want to uh, just drop us a line and say hi, we'd be happy to read it. Um, um, 
before we close out tonight, I just wanted to plug something really quick. Please. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not getting paid to plug this. It's just I think it's really neat, and I would, I'm going to go, and I think anybody who is into zombies in this area, in the area I live should probably check it out. Uh, Pittsburgh on Friday, uh, October 26th, is hosting a uh, at the Heinz History Center downtown. That's the big Heinz History Center where they have the Heinz bottle now, and they have a whole bunch of stuff. You can't miss it. Uh, October 26th from uh, 6 to 9 p.m., is hosting Living Dead Meets Walking Dead, Zombies in Pittsburgh. Um, not only is a Smithsonian curator, Eric Gentsch, going to have a discussion all about zombies and pop culture, um, they're going to talk about the National Museum of American History's recent work with The Walking Dead, which is cool. They're going to have cast and crew members who worked on Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead with George Romero. Uh, we're gonna, they're going to have complimentary zombie-themed cocktails from Wiggle Whiskey. Uh, you can walk away with your very own makeup zombie bite wound. Uh, care of the Tom Savini uh, Makeup Academy here. Uh, you can make your own zombie movie poster with you in it. All kinds of fun stuff going on that night. And uh, you get 10% off if you wear a costume. Uh, and if you uh, uh, use the promo code BRAINS, you get 10% off as well. So if you register ahead of time. So that's the, uh, the Heinz History Center here in Pittsburgh downtown. They're doing this huge uh, Night of the Living Dead you know, living Dead means Walking Dead Zombies in Pittsburgh. And if you're a zombie fan, you should probably check it out. I know I'm going to try to make it down. Cool. Wish I could go. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun. Well, excellent. Um, so you can listen to me on this very network, hhwled.com. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode when we were talking random TV stuff, uh, we should have an episode coming out here pretty quick um, to catch up on some... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe news, especially with Iron Fist Season 2 just coming to an end. Um, we should have some stuff to say about that. Um, I am slowly, slowly, slowly working through Cloak & Dagger, so I think we're going to talk at least about the pilot. Uh, I love that show. Yeah, I just, I, I, there's just been some other stuff uh, that's cropped up, so I haven't gotten back. I've uh, talked about a turnaround on Iron Fist, too, man. I watched Holy all crap. of Season 2 already, and it is like 400% better than the first season. Yeah, I was... I was telling Rich, I didn't want to spoil it, but the last five minutes of the last episode are complete fire. Oh, the months, the months later thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So good. Uh, so yeah, so tune into it's all connected on this very network fairly soon. Uh, and you'll be able to hear, uh, hear us talk about that. Um, and then you could join Mr. Taylor and I, who, who couldn't be with us this week on Gotham by geeks over on his network. Um, and that's pretty much it other than this very podcast where you can hear me ramble on, uh, but Mr. Chubb Toad, where can folks hear and see and read your stuff, your musings? Um, pretty much the same place. Uh, of course I'm on this, this podcast. We have the DC all-stars podcast, which we've got to record soon. I want to do the preacher retrospective for this last season but also there's been some big news drop in the last 24 hours or so uh in the dc world so uh, gee i didn't heard anything <laughs> yeah you say <laughs> did you not hear i'm joking of course oh, okay <laughs> it's plastic. i would, I would, I would say three quarters of my facebook posts have been that all day i'm like okay i got it i heard about it yeah it sure did okay. yep and then, of course, you can always find me on the socials at ChubToad01. Mr. Dietz? On the, what has pre been previously mentioned, you can catch me. Also, um, 
oldmagicgaming.com. You can follow our D&D live play uh, games. Uh, we add sound effects and soundtracks and all kinds of other uh, voice modulation, all kinds of other good stuff to turn it into like more of a radio play. You can catch Great Old Ones and Chrono Queens, both of our stories. Catch up on your stories at uh, old, oldmagicgaming.com. Also, you can join uh, Daryl Taylor, who's normally here, and our good friend, professional comedian Donnie Salvo, uh, as we talk about nothing on uh, Nothing's On. Uh, every week we talk about general movies, television news, uh, entertainment news all together. We just had our 301st episode hit. Yeah. Um, we talked about a lot of the new shows coming up. We talked about some movies we had seen, including uh, Ghost Stories and uh, Summer of 84 and uh, a bunch of stuff like that. So definitely check that out. That's on the Taylor Network Podcast.com. Well, cool. Um, again, as we mentioned, the Facebook group, Facebook group or Facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Uh, if you want to join the group and get in on the fun over there, leave your Toby ratings for fear and your Buster ratings. All the cool for, kids are doing it. Yeah, all the cool kids are doing it. It's a thing to do, man. Um, yeah. And like I said, the aforementioned email, WDTV at HHWLOD.com. Um, and tune in back next week when we will be discussing the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next week. When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.